is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Last round of preseason games tonight, and hopefully not too many fantasy-relevant things will happen. We just want no injuries, everybody stay healthy, and let's get ready for the regular season, which is one week away. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today on Thursday, August 30th. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings. Dave will be in shortly. Guys, how many drafts do you have left? How many drafts do you have left? Uh, of my own, I have uh, four. Oh, still a lot. All right, still a fun weekend for you. I think I have five. Um, Take that, Jamie. We have well, I don't know. We have two slow drafts that are just. Oh, I forgot paid. about those. I have yeah. six. Yeah. Oh, take that, Heath. I think Jamie I only wins. have five. I am. I am awful. I also have two that I uh, um, consult with. So, if you want to factor those in, nah, that doesn't count. I was telling Heath this story. I was telling Heath this story quickly that um, it's a uh, very expensive buy-ins for these two leagues. One guy uh, who you are uh, well aware of, Adam. We share a baseball team with him. Uh, James Questel, and then another one is a buddy of mine. One will be on the phone. One will be in my uh, house. I have three children, six and under, and my wife will be away oh. while I have to uh, manage putting them to sleep and helping these two gentlemen with their drafts. Good luck. That sounds like uh, it sounds like a tall task. And he, I have, Heath had a great suggestion. He said they should pay for my babysitter. I have a they better def- suggestion though. You should use the Google Assistant. All season long, CBS Sports is delivering the best fantasy football advice directly through the Google Assistant. You'll be able to compare players and get insights into who to draft all month long. And we'll turn to Jamie, Dave, and Heath today to find out how the Google Assistant works later on in the show. All right, I did want to have a fun little banter at the top of the show. But we have Brandon Marion Lee of uh, Sportsline coming on, Sportsline fame coming on, and uh, she's going to give us some fantasy opinions. So we have to get a lot of stuff out of the way. We are basically recapping the last month of the podcast today. Uh, but here are five quick questions to start the show. Are you fully confident that Andrew Luck is back? Yeah. He better be or a lot of my fancy teams are going to stink. I just took him in another draft last night. I did too. All right, I guess that's a yes. That's a yes. All right, Andrew Luck. I, again, will be back. I, anybody's still drafting, and it's Luck, Wentz, Watson. If you whiff on those guys, depending on how you like them, it's such a deep position, you should be fine. Oh, uh, you know what though? I, I think it's more impactful for T.Y. Hilton because that's the guy. Like, yes, if you whiff on Luck, you should be fine. If you whiff on T.Y. Hilton in the late second round, early third round, you could be in trouble. Well, I'm just updating my spreadsheet, and he is the player I have drafted the most. So let's hope that Andrew <laughs> Luck's okay. Which offensive line worries you the most right now? Buffalo's the worst, but it doesn't worry me. Yeah, I, really I, was, I swear I was going to answer the same way. Um, probably Minnesota. Yeah. A lot of stock in the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's, for me, it's probably Kansas City. Uh, I think, I, that, I think, I thought they were going to be good and they, they've been awful. So we'll see. Well, I, I, it's funny because we did on our fantasy football today show, Adam, yesterday, and this kind of is, is recapping part of our podcast. Uh, Pete Prisco, who, who sounded like he was, uh, using your words exactly. He said, Kareem Hunt makes him nervous and he can't understand why. It, yeah, it, it, yeah, it, right. It it's, just, it just feels like the same thing. Uh, anytime you talk about Kareem Hunt, <laughs> I don't know why either. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, where would you guys take Kareem Hunt right now? End of the first. Yeah, one-two turn. I mean, I'd probably take a receiver at the end, but I'd, I'd take him in a second. How concerned are you about Christian McCaffrey holding up with a heavy workload? Not concerned. I am less concerned about that than I am. And this, I have no basis for this. I have no connections anywhere. I haven't totally bought into the idea that the preseason usage is going to be the regular season usage. I ju- it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, they barely really? use CJ. Why does it make sense to you? Because they they gave, should trust CJ Anderson. They gave he's a lot better than Jonathan Stewart. He ran for a thousand yards last year. He's not a bad running back. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying. It was weird. They really have just not used him at all. You know, with and very little with the starters. I but I want I want if, if he gets the touches they've been giving him, I think he's going to be awesome. I w- I wonder if um if people feel that way about Kamara too, because you you can't look at them and say that the touches were almost the same. Right. You know, and so can he hold up with, with more work? The difference is, is that you know the Saints are going to give Mark Ingram work when he's back. You don't know if the Panthers will do the same with that. I was actually, um, in this draft where I took luck, uh, I picked at 12. I have so much Melvin Gordon, so much shares of Melvin Gordon. I was hoping for McCaffrey. He went to pick 11. Ah, and you took Gordon? I took Gordon and DeAndre Hopkins, which I was thrilled about. Good, Jamie. You know what? I set out a trade offer yesterday. Kareem Hunt for Melvin Gordon. I want all of that Melvin Gordon. We and you'll be in on that. Uh, all right, the two so more our questions. Because he's yeah, going to get hurt, probably. Possibly. <laughs> get, get, get Eckler. What are the chances Lamar Miller has a huge season? Define huge. Top seven running back. You know, you, you asked about offensive lines. That was another one on my list. That that one makes me nervous um, because there's a lot of great players on that Texans team. And I think Miller needs the offensive line to be good for him to be great otherwise he's just going to be what he's been which is you know a serviceable number two guy that's just not sexy i will give him a 10 percent chance it's a lesser chance that he does it than drake does it or collins does it or probably even mixon does it but you take miller over collins being great in ppr wouldn't you i'm not i don't know that collins has a problem in ppr i don't think he catches a lot of passes but the way they used him in the second half last year but that was with not really trusting allen and no dixon and I think there's a very decent chance we end up in that same position two weeks into the season. Maybe. What, how many catches do you have projected for a Collins? Just 30. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a problem, but I, and, it's and not Miller, a boost either. Miller, you gotta have what? 50s? 45. Okay. And our final quick question is how are you, Dave Richard? Good day, everyone. Oh, he didn't even answer the question. How are you, Dave Richard? Good day. Oh, all right. It's good. He's having a good day. That's good to know. No, here's our final question. Juju Smith-Schuster or Allen Robinson? And before you answer, the Google Assistant is going to have the final word on this. And if you need help on draft day, you know, a lot of drafts coming up this weekend, need another opinion, try the Google Assistant. Download the app and just say, hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. Then you ask your question, you get your answer. I've used it several times. My wife used it, actually, when she drafted. I know you think that I was her Google Assistant, but no, she actually used the real Google Assistant. It's really fun. And let's show everyone how it works. First, you guys tell me, Allen Robinson or Juju Smith-Schuster, go. Juju. Robinson. Juju. Dave, why Robinson? I just think that we're overlooking him a little bit, and we're forgetting about what happened to Smith-Schuster when he was playing with Antonio Brown last season. He was great without him, but Brown's healthy now. I think Allen Robinson's still going to be the main receiver in Chicago. Heath, why Juju? Juju 
has enormous upside with even just 100 targets. He may get up to 110. He should be at worst third on the team in targets, probably second on the team in targets. And he is kind of like Tyreek Hill light. He is just going to make those big plays. All right. Would you like to wager a guess how often two Steelers receivers finished in the top 24 under Ben Roethlisberger? I'd say once. More than once. I mean, last year was once. Twice. Twice. When's the last time the Bears had two starting receiving options at two different positions? Two starting receiving options at two different positions? Tight end and receiver. At those specific positions, yeah. I'm pretty sure it would have to be Greg Olson and one of the receivers. That Wasn't they had Brandon him. Marshall and uh, Alice Bennett? Oh yeah, you could go that route, but no one really likes so not, starting not very Marshall often, Bennett. Though, right? Right. But this, well, but, but I mean, the Bears different. also had Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey for a couple of years, but it's completely different offenses. And if you, I'm not judging anything on what happened in Chicago the past year. Well, let's find out. Should we find out what the Google Assistant things? Yes. All right. So here's what you do: you get the Google Assistant app out. You say, hey, Google, talk to CBS Sports. Hi, this is CBS Sports, and we are using our fantasy football computer projections and expert rankings to answer your player-specific draft questions. Ask a question like, should I draft Matt Ryan, or should I draft Matt Ryan or Alex Smith? Should I draft Juju Smith-Schuster or Allen Robinson? Take Juju Smith-Schuster. He is projected to be the number 16 wide receiver in standard leagues and number 22 in PPR leagues. Allen Robinson is projected to be the number 25 wide receiver in both standard and PPR leagues. What else would you like to know? How does Dave feel right now? Dave, do you feel like teamed up on by humans and cyborgs? No, not at all. This isn't as bad as the time when I did one of those escape rooms and there was a robot in the room. And it had, quote unquote, laser eyes, and it was like hitting me right in the chest with its laser really? eyes. Really? Has that happened? No, no, I just made that up. Oh, Dave, what an imagination. Well, the, the bait is settled. Google likes Juju Smith Schuster. You can see how fun and how useful this might be on draft day. Um, I could see, uh, it's definitely a scenario where you're debating with your friends at a live draft, and you let Google decide and have some fun with it. Make sure you download the Google Assistant app or use Google Assistant on Android all season long by asking, Hey Google, talk to CBS Sports. And each week we will tackle a key fantasy question, so submit your questions to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com or at CBS Fantasy on Twitter if you have your, if you want to have your questions answered on, uh, HQ next week. And by the way, you can watch Fantasy Football Today live noon Eastern on CBS Sports HQ every single weekday and 10 a.m. Eastern on Sundays to get you, 10 a.m., you guys are doing a crazy amount of, uh, video streaming. Three hours uh, of pregame. That's awesome. So check it out. Download the CBS Sports app. It's free um, on your over-the-top over device, on your Roku, whatever you have, and watch CBS Sports HQ and watch fantasy football today. All right, news and notes. The Saints acquired Teddy Bridgewater from the Jets for a third-round pick. Is Bridgewater a must-own in a dynasty league? Hmm. He's an own. I don't know must-own. Yeah, it depends on him. I, if you have 32 roster spots, then sure. Green Bay is shopping Randall Cobb, according to Mike Lombardi. How crazy. That's the would- second time he's gone with that. So he reported it. It was refuted, I believe, by, uh, Rappaport. And then Lombardi doubled down and said they absolutely have shopped him, which makes total sense. It may not be like a current shopping, but, uh, you know, you go through Amazon, you go through, you know, any of your <laughs> online shopping and come across Randall Cobb, you may decide to, you know, purchase him if you so are inclined. He's got a cap number of 12.7 million this year. I wonder if the Jaguars would be interested because they did go down this road before when they were deciding between Cobb and they have Keelan Thomas. Cole. 
What, what do they need running I'm, back? I'm, I mean, well, they're different types of receivers. They 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 need somebody to fill that Marquise <laughs> Lee role underneath. Cole or Cobb? Cole. Cole. Yeah, I'm not. I have not found the occasion to draft either of these players. Geronimo Allison or Randall Cobb? Still Cobb. Cobb oh. as of now. All right. Uh, let's see. Seattle signed Tyler Lockett to a three-year deal, thirty-one point eight million dollars. That was the biggest contract signed. Oh no, it wasn't. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's right. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is the richest man in America now. Four-year contract, more than a hundred million guaranteed. Cleveland cut Michael Hendricks, their linebacker, after he was charged with insider trading. That's a new one. Also, That's he a gave crazy story. Yeah, and he he gave. I can't wait for hard knocks. Well, did you see like he gave some crazy tips on how to beat the Eagles? I think yes, it was on hard. The Eagles might have ratted him out. <laughs> Maybe, right? He pissed them <laughs> Pretty, off. Pretty. Uh, there, there's some irony here. <laughs> there is. Yes, he gave insider trading on his former team. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Khalil Mack does not appear close to signing with Oakland, uh, but Aaron Donald is close to getting an extension from the Rams. They moved some money around this morning. Yeah, it's gonna happen. They gave Robert Woods an extension. Oh, okay, good, good, good stuff. Uh, all right, so that's it for your news and notes. We got Brandon Marianne Lee coming on. She's uh, from Sportsline, The Athletic, Fantasy Alarm, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio. She's all over the place. She did the Flex Draft with me and Jamie a few weeks ago, and she is uh, very talented, very smart, and has some good insight. We'll talk about upside with Brandon Marianne Lee, and you can follow her at Brandon, her FFB. She'll tell you all about that in a little bit. Also to promote Sportsline, obviously, use the promo code FANTASY when you go to sportsline.com slash join and get uh, your first month for a dollar. Code's FANTASY. The pick-by-pick series on cbssports.com. It is awesome. Go to cbssports.com slash fantasy. That's where you get all of our content. And these guys did a pick-by-pick series where they give you a strategy in both non-PPR and PPR for every draft slot. And it's really, really helpful. And this is your last chance to win a TV We've teamed up with CNET to give away a 65-inch LG TV. Promotion ends tomorrow. It's an amazing TV. Go to cbssports.com slash kickoff if you want to watch some tube. All right, let's recap the last month of the podcast. Position by position, strategy thoughts, overdrafted, underdrafted, sleeper breakout, whatever you want to do. Let's start with quarterback. Give me the skinny on quarterback. Almost all of them, according to CBS ADP, are overdrafted. There are nine quarterbacks going in the first six rounds. The funny thing is the number nine quarterback, Andrew Luck, is the one that really hasn't moved very much according due to the preseason news. And the number eight quarterback is Carson Wentz. Who is falling like a rock, so it's a matter of time before that switch change happens. Switch changes? Switch happens? Mm -hmm. What the hell is wrong with me? Luck is the one that I think is actually like decent value at ADP, right toward the end of round six. So if you were going to give people, we're like we're giving them a draft guide right now. And I know not everyone buys into strategy or whatever, but what what would you tell them to do with quarterback? The first thing I would say at quarterback is you're going to get to a point in the draft, even if it's like ADP, where you get to the end of the sixth round, and you're like, man, almost everybody has a quarterback, and then you look in the queue. And Kirk Cousins is there, Matthew Stafford is there, Jimmy Garoppolo is there, Philip Rivers is there, Patrick Mahomes is there, and you still don't have to take a quarterback. Just keep waiting. Wait for value. When would simple you as take Rodgers? I'd say round four is when the value is good on him. Okay. In some, yeah, I, I passed on him in a draft in round four last night, but you have to consider it in the fourth or fifth. We, we also have to, or you also have to determine what your, 
scoring is because we, we go off six points for passing touchdowns and a lot of people go on four points for passing touchdowns, which will push them down even more. If you're in a four point for passing touchdown league, who's a guy that you're just not drafting given what you have to pay for him? Well, given ADP? Well, it's hard because ADP is probably six point per passing touchdown for us, but like, I mean, is it, is it Brady? I think Brady probably fall, Brady and Breeze fall the most. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. Any other underdrafted or overdrafted guys? Like, you know, that whole group of players, Heath, that you mentioned that like that's get, going late. Is there one that stands out as the best value or? Well, I mean, Rivers is still going behind Jared Goff and Matt Ryan. And I think several other quarterbacks he shouldn't. So he's definitely underdrafted. And in, in a, I think Terod Taylor and Jameis Winston are both underdrafted as well. I think Patrick Mahomes, he's got an ADP of the last pick of round nine. It's probably right around where he's going to go in drafts. But I think he's got just huge upside. Throwing a ton in Kansas City's offense. Lots of deep shots. He's, he's going to be a lot of fun. He'll run for touchdowns. He's, I like that value too. Okay. Mahomes is QB 16, 16 in CBS ADP. Yeah. He's in my top 10. That. Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston is going behind Case Keenum. <laughs> but people just well, aren't I mean, drafting in a, in a, a two quarterback league, it's hard to justify drafting him ahead of him. Right. Unless, you know, you're just planning ahead. But I, I, I think Winston, if he plays, you know, the, uh, 13 games he's eligible to play, He's going to be a top 10 guy from those 13 games on. We actually have the percentages listed of how frequently these quarterbacks are drafted. Case Keenum's getting drafted in 37.6% of CBS leagues. Jameis is getting drafted in 35.9%. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I, I mean, All right, let's wrap I, it. I let's think wrap it's probably it. expected for Keenum. Let's, let's go to running back here. Um, overall, uh, you know, quick summary thought on running back. They're good. Yeah, they're dominating the first round and the third round. I think their dominance in the end of the first round is a little, a uh, little much. I, I think the, for me, the biggest difference is I, there is a top four and then there is a gap and ADP suggests you just keep drafting running backs after those top four are gone. I, well, I would say you're drafting receivers ahead of them. Exactly. Yeah. That, because I think there is a gap. I but, don't think Saquon Barkley is as close to Elliot Johnson, Bell, Gurley as he is to Hunt, Fournette, Gordon, Cook. But I have this conversation with you a lot. Like, after you get past, okay, let's say there's the big four running backs, right? Johnson, Zeke, Bell, Gurley. I don't know why I went in reverse order. Uh, Brown, Hopkins, let's say. The next, gosh, I don't know, 12, 15 picks, something like that. Are they interchangeable? You know, if you're talking, Beckham, Barkley, Kamara, AJ Green, Adams, Hopkins, or, uh, Thomas, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon. Does it really matter what order you go? Because if you have a snake draft, you, you could easily just take one of each. Well, specifically in PPR, I think it does matter because I think Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham, Thomas, and Jones are just a lot better picks, and you're not going to get one of those guys in the middle of the second round, probably. Sure, but you're also not going to get any of those backs. Right. And you know, it's just a matter, I think, of personal preference. If you feel like you're in better shape with Barkley and Hilton than you are with Allen at that time. Well, I guess you go Allen at that spot. You know, you're probably looking at probably AJ Green actually. You're probably going to receivers and PPR. Maybe, but yeah. you know, I guess it depends on who gets back to you because they're all still going to go in that first 20 picks and or 18 picks, I guess. Um, you know, you're may still be looking at if you're going to go running back in round two, it's 
the Devontae Freeman, Joe Mixon, Jordan Howard group, and I don't know if people like that. As and much. then I end up just going running back in round three. And I guess that's the second thing I'd say is I'm very comfortable with the round three, four running backs. And they are? Uh, Collins, Drake, I think Miller's round four guy. If Howard in PPR falls to the end of three or four, and I just love it. Sure. Okay, Dave, any thoughts on running back? There's a bunch of great values late. I'll start with Jordan Wilkins, who we've talked about a lot on the podcast, so you guys know about him. His ADP is almost 150th. That's ridiculous. Uh, James Conner is another one whose value is starting to rise as we kind of get the impression that Le'Veon Bell returning to the Steelers soon is not a guarantee. It's a guarantee. It's $860,000 worth of guarantees. He'll be there by Monday or Tuesday at the latest. Okay. He can still show up midway through the season, collect a decent amount of money, and still be a free agent. I'm just laying out a scenario. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. He'll be there week one. I, I, well, I sure as hell hope so because I've got him in plenty of leagues. I've got him in my dynasty league. If he's not there, I'm probably going to cry a lot. Do you have Connor? No. Peyton Barber, uh, and I, it's going to cost me too much to get Connor, so I'm just, I'm just stuck, but I'm loaded at running back. Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody. Peyton Barber, 103. I think that ADP is fake. I think he's probably much closer now to like 70, 75, somewhere in there. And I still love that value a lot. Jamal Williams, ADP is also rising on the site right now. He's at 82 overall. He's probably closer to about 67, 70, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And we, we've talked a lot about the mid round running backs and they're really not bad. You know, you're looking at, um, well, Royce Freeman is rising quite a bit, but, uh, Jay Ajayi, Marshawn Lynch, in no particular order. Carlos Hyde, Rex Burkhead, Jamal Williams, Carrion Johnson. Maybe it's not week one, but, you know, these guys are, are going to be contributors for your fantasy team. Um, all right, how about wide receiver? Jamie, why don't you give us your, you know, I'm doing a draft today, Jamie. What should I do at wide receiver? Obviously, it depends on where you're picking in the first round. That's a that's a big factor. Um, as he said, you know, if, if you're not inclined to take those running backs starting with the fifth guy, you can you can start to look at not just Brown but Hopkins, Beckham, Julio, Keenan Allen. Format is is, is clearly important. Um, but I also think, like you just said about the running backs, the mid round receivers are are also very attractive. And so if you do want to go running back heavy early, um, which I've done quite a bit, you know, you have to be comfortable with that group of receivers from uh, I think it's the, the group of Robinson, Hogan, Marvin Jones, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Corey Davis. You know that that group of guys. And knowing that you don't really have a stud number one guy, but you may have three or four number twos. Anyone want to add uh, wide receivers you're targeting, underdrafted, overdrafted? Kenny Stills is not moving up fast enough. He's still it's crazy. He's still an Let's keep it that way. One nineteen. I would be like that's the end of the tenth round. Don't wait until the tenth round. Take him in the ninth round. He's still a very good value in the ninth round. How do you guys feel about Kelvin Benjamin? Because on one hand, I think he's got. I think he does have potential to get you 120 targets, to get you a bunch of touchdowns. And the value is good. His ADP is falling to 129th overall. I took him in the 14th round yesterday. Like, I, I get why people are getting yeah, away from I, him because I mean, Buffalo looks like fantasy football Siberia at this point. Like, you just don't want to have, have anything to do with any of the Bills but his, look, his, his first preseason game, he looked great. I mean, you know, beat up Carolina. You know, you wonder if it was just the motivation thing, but, uh, you know, I, I wonder if they need AJ McCarron back for him to have the success that he's capable of. But he's going to be a target hog. I mean, this receiving core is terrible. I guess there's no 
no harm in taking them at that point. I think I saw, uh, uh, I think it was Bovada released their touchdown odds for the Bills for the season, and it was four and a half for Benjamin. Well, without getting too specific into anyone, I, I just want to add that when you get to, in a 12-team league, I don't know, round seven, round eight, let's see who I'm talking about here. Maybe it's like Will Fuller, Sammy Watkins, uh, Alshon Jeffries got to be in this range now, Funchess, Robbie Anderson, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Randall Cobb, Calvin Ridley, Jamison Crowder, Kenny Stills, Kelvin Benjamin, Alan Hearns, Keelan Cole, Mike Williams, Kenny Galladay, Michael Gallup, DJ Moore, Mohamed Sanu, Tyra Williams. Okay, now we're starting to see a drop. But I listed a lot of names there, and, and Pierre Garçon and Cooper Cup as well. Emmanuel Sanders might be at the head of this class. A lot of names, and I think you people drafting, it might be different. Dave said it yesterday when we did the, the, the uh, mock draft, and Sterling Shepard went kind of early, and Dave said, now you get to the point where people are just taking their favorites. I don't know who it is in that group for you listeners, but you're going to have four or five guys probably in that big group of wide receivers that you like. You know, we seem to like Michael Gallup a lot. Dave's high on Emmanuel Sanders right now. Uh, Heath loves Robbie Anderson. And it could be different for everybody, but the point is there's a big group. You shouldn't have to reach for them. Uh, when you get to the mid rounds, because there are a lot of them that you probably like. It's a, it's a pretty, it's a shallow position at the top. It's a top heavy position with those top eight to ten guys or whatever. But man, it is pretty deep at the end. That's and just keep this number in mind when you're evaluating these receivers. How many of them can get to 120 targets over the course of a season? And if you don't think they can, then pick a different receiver. Like really? Calvin that's Ridley. A high, that's a Calvin, high threshold. It is a high threshold, but that's, that's kind of what well, you're it's looking gotta, for. It's gotta be on a sliding scale, cause there's not gonna be that many guys that get to 120 targets. Usually about 20 to 25 guys that do that. I think it's, it's Okay, the those, potential to get to 120 targets. Yeah, no, no, you're right. I mean, that's, that's the, the number you want to gravitate toward, but it's when you start to get past that, it's okay, who plays in a high upside offense that has the chance to be good? Like we saw with Smith Schuster last year, he had 80 targets, but he's in a high explosive offense. And so like, I think when you get past, like, to the bottom, it's the guys you start taking flyers on, like Gallup's in a situation where you could get a lot of targets. Um, Cameron Meredith, you know, if you want to go a step further just because of the Saints. Geronimo Allison in, in the offense he plays in. Th- those are the type of guys I think you gravitate toward with your last couple of picks just because of who they're playing with and the systems they're playing in. And I think the reason why we're all bullish on Stills is because – I'll speak for myself. You guys can disagree if you want. I think he's got 120 target potential. I think he does. Sure. Uh, one, we've gone way too far talking about wide receivers without mentioning Chris Godwin. Well, I was gonna say that when Adam started list, that that's my favorite one by far. Sorry, yeah, that's he, the he, one. That's the one who could do it on efficiency. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, there think are he's a lot of 120 targets. He could be this year's Juju. All right, uh, wrap it up real quick. Give me your give me one. All I want is a one or two word answer, a first name and a last name. Breakout wide receiver. Go. Chris Godwin. <laughs> Chris Hogan. Corey Davis. All right, and your tight end take. Your tight end take. Heath, I'm drafting tight ends. What do I do? I really like getting Gronk Kelsey Ertz. And like it's not always possible. Especially if you have a pick at the, at the uh like late in the first round. Sometimes you just don't even ever get a chance to draft one of those guys. But it makes you it makes the rest of the draft a lot easier. I think still that Olsen and Graham are in a bit of a tier of their own that I would take in the fifth, sixth round. And then you've got a big group of guys with Ingram, Rudolph, Walker, Burton, and now I would say even Jordan Reed. And you've just got to decide which one you think is the best of them. Reed will probably go last out of that group, so he's probably the best value. I've been taking a tight end in round two or round three in most of our drafts. 
And when I can't get them, I'm looking for Trey Burton. And I, I'm willing to take him toward the end of round five. I'm very excited about him. That's early, but that's just how I feel about him. I think and he's, his ADP is shooting up. And uh, George Kittle's ADP is not shooting up. And that's somebody who I am excited about. I like that he's back at practice. And I think he can be – we've, we've called him a touchdown-dependent tight end. I think he can be a little bit more than that. I would take a chance on him in those late rounds. Jamie, if I wait on tight end, I miss the top eight or so, whatever, you know, what do I do? Look for Njoku first, just because I think the ceiling is extremely high for him. Uh, if you can't get him, then I think it's the, the group of Kittle. Pick your favorite Colts tight end, if not take both. Um, I, I think a poor man's Rudolph and Walker is Benjamin Watson, just based on what he did the last time he was with the Saints and the offense he plays in. And the schedule um, to begin the season. And, uh, I think if you're just looking for high upside with a late, late round pick, Adam, you talked about this guy a lot. I'm very curious just with OJ Howard. Um, you, you know, he's, he's such an explosive player. It's just a matter of there are too many mouths to feed in this Tampa offense for him to be successful. But he's one of those guys. I think if you, if you are inclined to take two and you're comfortable with the one, then just see how it plays out over a couple of weeks. Is he still behind Brait? Is he still behind, you know, Evans and, and Godwin? Um, then you cut him, but. The, the potential, I think, is is off the charts if he does start to get more targets. You know what worries me the most is we've talked to a lot of people who have been around the Bucks and they're all talking up Godwin, not Howard. Oh, that's not true. People are talking up Howard quite a bit. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I haven't heard that. Dirk Cutter said the two guys he expects to take leaps this year are both Godwin and Howard. Maybe you shouldn't have given Cameron Bray $40 million. I know. It's so stupid. Uh, have you guys uh, finished your week one rankings? No. Nope. I'm really close. So I'll ask you, Heath. I think maybe you you have a better idea. Who who could be a good Fanduel tight end in Week One? Oh man, I had a good Fanduel running back. That's what I was hoping you were going. All right, to fine. Say. Give me a good Fanduel running back. I think it's Jonathan Williams. Ah, all right. Going so, to be minimum price. I think that New Orleans is just going to crush Tampa Bay, and we might see a situation where Jonathan Williams gets eight to ten touches in the fourth quarter alone. I'll uh, give you a tight end. Austin, Austin, Austin Jenkins. Jenkins. Yep. Yes, the Giants. No Marquise Lee. <laughs> it could be a big game for him. Sure can. All right, so that's that's a, a little peek into how you do it on FanDuel. You find a few values that are going to be really cheap, and then you can load up at other positions. I mean, you could probably have Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, Austin Safarian Jenkins. I guess you wouldn't have Bell. So let's say Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Austin Safarian Jenkins, and Jonathan Williams. You can start your team like that. It's so fun to play on FanDuel, and if you're not a fantasy expert, FanDuel is clearly the place to play because it has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. They've got a free $250,000 Survivor Contest, the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. You pick one team to win each week. You cannot reuse that team again for the rest of the season, so you got to look ahead at the schedule a little bit, and you got to get in now. It locks before week one, so here's what you do. You go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Join that Survivor Contest and... Get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. Again, come play with us at FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sportsline is awesome. We've got great content. We've got great analysts that we've added this year. One of them is Brandon Marianne Lee, and let's hear from her right now. Well, hello, Brandon. Welcome to the show. Great to have you on. And, and how has your uh, your time with Sportsline been? 
Oh, it's been good. It's been good. You know, it's uh it's one of those things where uh I actually didn't write much last year. So I'm really excited to get back into that uh because I was doing all just videos. So uh it's nice to get back into the written word. So thanks Sportsline. Yeah, hey. I mean, I don't work for the Sportsline necessarily, but you're welcome. So um <laughs> what tell us about yourself real quick and where we can find you and how we can follow you. Yeah, absolutely. You probably want to just head over to Twitter, really. Uh, you can follow me at Brandon, her FFB. Uh, I'm writing uh, for Sportsline and then uh, also doing videos for Fantasy Alarm still, also writing for The Athletic, and I do SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. Yeah, you do a ton of stuff, and uh, I've drafted with you before, so I wanted to have you on because I think you give great advice. And here we go, guys. I'm going to ask her for a sleeper, a breakout, and a bust. I want you to react, and then we're going to do the upside-o-meter. We do weird meters on fantasy football today. So let's start with one sleeper, Brandon. Who do you like? Why do people not believe that Kenny Stills is going to be talking in about Miami? Him. I don't what what does this guy need to do? I don't understand what, what I'm so confused. I thought by by this time for sure his ADP would go up. I just thought there's no way. Everyone's going to especially with with Devontae Parker and his injury. Got always always a problem with Devontae Parker. But listen, I don't understand. There is no Jarvis Landry there anymore. And also by the way, I'm going to throw Danny Amendola in there too because he's one of my guys that I take in like my last round of whatever. It's going to be him or Albert Wilson. Just so just go take your pick. I'm leaning Amendola. Uh but it's Kenny Stills all day, every day, and uh, you guys, it, it has been for years, so I'm a little confused. Yeah, I, you must have been listening to the podcast five minutes ago because these guys just said the same thing. <laughs> so so let's put it in perspective. Uh, who is going ahead of Kenny Stills, guys, that you think still should be taken ahead of? About half of the guys going ahead of Kenny Stills. Give me three. Or, Calvin Benjamin. Is Benjamin <laughs> going ahead of him? Yes. Uh, am I crazy? No, you're you're not. Well, they're crazy, but no, you're not crazy. I'll say Benjamin is somebody. I'll say Alshon is somebody, and I'll say Edelman is somebody. I would take Stills ahead of all three of those guys. Oh, Edelman in PPR? Yes, in PPR. Maybe not in PPR, but in non. I will add Jordy. I will add Pierre Garcon. And Calvin, really? I will add Sterling Shepard. All right. You can add any rookie. All right. Let's go back to our guest, Brandon. Give me a breakout for 2018. Uh, I started saying this after the draft. I said it at the FSTA draft. I will say it over and over again. You guys, Alan Hearns is not a number one wide receiver. It's never happened in the NFL. Uh, even when he was putting up wide, wide receiver one numbers for fantasy, he was still not the number one wide receiver. You guys, he had Alan Robinson there. Uh, but it's been two years without 500 yards or more than three touchdowns. So, uh, or more than 11 games played. I think Michael Gallup is the real deal out of all the rookie wide receivers. He has the clearest path to being the number one target on his team, uh, because they don't even have a tight end at all. Uh, they don't have other wide receivers there. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is not a pass catching back, no matter what they keep telling me, at least not in a way that's going to, uh, hinder his targets in any way. So to me, if I'm in the double digits and Michael Gallup's there, I mean, I, you know, you're supposed to start diversifying at this point, but I'm not. I'm just taking him everywhere. Yeah. Yes, Brandon, awesome. Would you like a stat? Yes, I love a them. stat to help support that. Dak Prescott has thrown forty-eight touchdowns in his life in the NFL. How many have gone to wide receivers? Mm, forty-eight, I would say twenty. Thirty-four. 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 Forty-eight. He likes his wide receivers. He likes the outside receivers. Of course, Des had a lot of them, 
But Gallup to me, it, it, it turns out he's going to end up being that seamless replacement for Dez. You, you can look at what Dez has done over the past year and a half that he played with Dak because he missed some time two years ago. I, I think that could be what Gallup does for you this year. I'm excited about him. I, I think that he does have an outside shot at a thousand yards. I don't even think uh-huh. it's that outside. I, I really don't. I think they're going to have to throw a lot more than we think because of that offensive line right now. Uh, and I would even say this. He is better for Dak than Dez because he's all about getting separation. And Dez was all about coming down with the contested catches. Well, Dak Prescott hates throwing into uh, coverage. So that was the problem. They couldn't mesh. The, their styles of play didn't mesh. Whereas Michael Gallup is all about getting separation. So I have am you- very into it. Have you watched the preseason games with Dak and seen what he's done with Gallup? Because it looks to me that they're in pretty good uh, rhythm right now. Made they're, for each other. They're, I'm not even talking about the touchdown that he had, and that was his first catch, but there was a third down play in the red zone. He went to him, and Gallup had to use these long arms. And Scott Linhan actually told me, he's like, the long arms that he's got will make a difference. Perfect throw, perfect route, perfect catch. Gallup moved the chains for him. It wasn't a touchdown, but it, it's... He's going to be that outside guy for them. Okay. All right. Michael Gallup, breakout. Kenny Stills, sleeper. Who's a bust, Brandon? Ah, uh, you guys, I, I feel sort of bad, but I don't feel bad. Uh, for me, this is easy and, uh, it is definitely, um, our guy, uh, Mike, Mark Ingram. Oh. And I'm going to say Ooh. this yes. because I cannot believe he's still going as high as he's going. Yes. And this is about the schedule. Well, first of all, Sean Payton also hates him. Do you remember the time where he lost a hundred thousand dollar bonus because they took him out at the one yard line in 2016? Remember this? And he freaked out. Sean Payton has always been an issue. So now that this guy's been suspended, he's going to come back. We don't know what his usage is going to be, right? But he comes back in week five against Washington. That's fine. But I don't like guys coming off of not being there anyway. Then they have a buy. Okay, but then they have a trifecta of death in the schedule. It's the Baltimore Ravens, the Minnesota Vikings, the Los Angeles Rams. I don't want to start him until week 10, but he's going in the fourth or fifth round and I can't start him till then. I have to get to my playoffs for him to be productive in my playoffs. And he's just going too high for that to be a possibility. Hmm. Well, I, I won't share they, my they fantasy were... teams with. Anybody. They were pretty matchup proof last year. I feel like the Panthers were the only team that kind of kept Ingram and, and Kamara in check. But I don't disagree. I mean, I, they were probably lucky last year with how much production they got on how many touches. But like, they also were fairly matchup proof. I mean, uh, well, I mean, he had a crappy game against the Rams now. He did have a good game against the Panthers looking at the game log. I don't know how much you guys – it is a good point. I mean, we haven't really brought that up enough. Mark Ingram's schedule is pretty rough. How much do you guys care about that? Haven't brought it up. I've talked about it before. Brandon, you and I are in perfect sync on this one. We could share a team anytime. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, that, how about the other guys? How about Jamie and Heath? Yeah, I, I'm hurt. I'm trying to recover right now. I thought Brandon was going to come on and say nice things, and <laughs> that was not that was not nice. I – I don't worry as much about matchups with the New Orleans Saints. I think they have too many ways to hurt you. The Rams are going to be a spectacular defense, but they were a smart defense last year, and they, they pretty much let teams run on them. Even with Aaron Donald, the MVP, defensive MVP, they gave up well over four yards per carry because they understand that the way football is played now, those four- and five-yard runs aren't what beat you. It's the passing game. So – I think he'll be fine against the Rams. I will start him week five. I will start him every week that he's active. 
And I still think he's a league winner when you get to the playoffs. And in most leagues, if you're in a 12-team league where six teams make the playoffs, you may not need Mark Ingram to get to the playoffs. Okay. All right, uh, Brandon, good stuff. Let's do the upside-o-meter. People want to draft upside, so here's what we do. We, we're going to give you a name, and you give me a 0 to 10 scale here. 0 is this guy has no upside. 10 is this guy could be absolutely elite at his position. Are we clear on the rules, Brandon, or do you need further explanation? Uh, I think I'm good. Okay, all right, let's see how you do. <laughs> it's a tough game, I know. Upside-o-meter <laughs> 4. Alex Collins, you can start. We'll have Brandon start, and everybody else uh, can pitch in after. Alex Collins, zero to ten. 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 All right, he could be elite, fellas. Zero to ten on Collins. Nine. Yeah, I'll go nine. Same. Okay, we like Collins quite a bit. Second one is Derek Henry, Brandon. Zero to ten on Henry. Five. Seven. I'll go. Eight. I don't think he's as likely to reach as upside as Collins is, but Deion Lewis has had a lot of injury problems in the past, and if he goes down, Derrick Henry's a top twelve. Touch chance, touch chance, touch chance, touch chance, touch chance, touch chance. Yeah, eight. Oh, only a five. Let's expand on that, Brandon. Not feeling the upside for Henry. No, I, I'm not. I, I think that people really uh, ignore his downside, which is that if he doesn't get a big play, he is not doing anything. And uh, I think the best example of that actually uh, was in week 17, the only time he had over 47% of this team's snaps in the season, and he had 28 carries for 51 yards against the Jags. If he didn't have that one catch for 66 yards and a touchdown, we'd be incredibly troubled at this point. But he had that one play that everyone took into the distance to be like, Oh, this is the guy. But that's how it is for every game. He either has one play and a big touchdown or he doesn't. And I think that the, you know, when you look at the efficiency of what he does, when he doesn't, if you take that one play out of every game, it's really bad. And there's a real problem there. So a lot of games under three yards per carry, you guys, a lot. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I got nervous about Henry when I saw how involved Deion Lewis was in the preseason because I do feel like Henry's a guy, fellas, that needs a lot of work. You know, he needs to wear down defenses and get that big play, and sometimes it's late in the game. So I mean this was this was technically the upside ometer, so I guess they're different conversations. Um but I guess the downside ometer's gotta be pretty high for Henry, right? Oh he's high on the downside ometer. I just wasn't calculating downside in on the upside ometer. It's okay. I mean, it's her, it's her first time playing. It's her first time. Uh, well, I just feel like upside is capped by his lack of, um, continual, like he doesn't have, his floor is so low that the upside would be like metered out. Okay. I guess I'm thinking over the season, not per game. Alright. Alright, how about Kenyon Drake? Zero to ten, Brandon, upside o meter on Kenyon Drake. Ten. But he has Adam Gaze, so that'd be a zero on the downside. So I just want to say that. Okay. 10? I hate Adam Gase. <laughs> yeah, 10. T- totally agree. It's a 10. I also fear Adam Gase, but I'm, I'm not, I'm feeling better about it. I'm going to say the same for Henry, which is seven, and I'm not afraid of Adam Gase. I don't think he's an idiot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you met, you, it's a 10 on the downside ometer because of Adam Gase, the Adam Gase ometer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. How about Amari Cooper? Let's go to some wide receivers. Amari Cooper, Brandon, zero to ten on the upside ometer. Six. All right, Jamie. Seven. Davey. Seven for me. I'm gonna go eight because the upside yeah. is it's John Gruden wide receiver one usage, which is 160 targets, and he has the success that he had in the red zone last year. 
Can he do it? That's the oh, one that, thing. This is the upside meter, not the can he do it meter. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> uh, Demarius Thomas, Brandon, you gave Cooper a five on the upside meter. What do you give Demarius Thomas? Eight. Oh, all right. Five. Six. Seven. Eight. You're the high. You're the high guy. High girl on Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas plays well with others. Because he's had a thousand yard seasons five years in a row prior to last season, and every single season another wide receiver also had a thousand yards. So I think it's fine that Emmanuel Sanders is breaking out. I even think that Cortland Sutton can get involved, but I still think Demarius Thomas will be there. All right, Jarvis Landry on the upside o meter, zero to ten. Ten. Ooh, seven. Up, upside. So that's not a term we normally associate with Landry. It's more safe. I will come back to Brandon. Ten for Brandon, seven for Dave. Jarvis Landry. I'm going to agree with Brandon and say 10 just because if he gets a ton of targets, which I think he's going to, and Todd Haley actually uses him more on deeper targets, he could be a monster because they're probably still going to be behind more often than they're not. Jamie, are you playing? Uh, six. There we go. <laughs> uh, Brandon, a 10 for Landry. Yeah, I mean, he was hindered by – the guy has been playing with a Ryan Tannehill, Jay Cutler, Matt Moore hybrid, and he still has the most catches in the first four years of any career in the National Football League ever. You know, the guy has hands for days. If you can actually get him farther than two yards down the field, and if you can get him in a red zone, sky's the limit. I mean, he's proven he could catch the ball over and over and over again, no matter the circumstance. So it's just about the play calling, getting him down the field a little bit, getting him in the red zone. But last year, he proved he could score touchdowns, too. So I just do. I genuinely think sky's the limit in terms of his talent. It's just that, yeah, now he's a Brown. So, you know, I mean, again, the downside meter, he's also a 10. Oh, okay. Wow. You see, you like the meter. You like the downside o meter. Uh, I, I like, like it. it. All right. So Brandon, we're going to speed things up just to, um, make time for some emails and end the show. Who has the most upside of these three mid round running backs? Marlon Mack, Carlos Hyde, Peyton Barber. Marlon Mack, Carlos Hyde, Peyton Barber. Who has the most upside? Carlos Hyde. Guys? Barber for me. Hyde. I'm really torn between Hyde and Mac, but I'll say Hyde. So Dave Barber. I think he's established himself as the lead dog in this offense. And I've, I'm not going to shy away from what I said all offseason long about Tampa Bay. Their defense has improved, especially along that line. The offensive line has improved. They actually look good without three of their starters in their last preseason game. And he's, Barber is getting the job that I thought Ronald Jones was going to get. Ronald Jones was running like a little scaredy cat. So Barber's not. He's hustling. And so I think he's got a chance to really hold down that fort for a long time, get you over a 1,000 yards, get a bunch of touchdowns too. How often is he hustling, Dave? Every day he's hustling. That's right. Brandon, <laughs> let's, uh, let's rank upside for these three late-round wide receivers. Geronimo Allison, Keelan Cole, and DJ Moore. Geronimo Allison, Keelan Cole, DJ Moore. Who has the most upside? Keelan Cole, then Geronimo. Then DJ Moore. I'm going to uh, I'm going to say Cole Moore Geronimo. I'll say Cole Moore Geronimo, and I I I'd like to say Moore first, but I can't right now. Yeah, I agree. Cole Moore Geronimo. I'd also like to say Geronimo more often, just in life. Well, you you just <laughs> said Geronimo more, like as in DJ Moore. There's got to be another name we could put at the end of that. 
You know, like there's no wide receiver name often, but we can work on it. Brandon Marion Lee, thank you for coming on. Everybody give her a round of applause. Yeah, outstanding. Thanks a lot. It was great to have you on. Thank you so much. You guys are having me. Thank you. Again, what's your Twitter handle one more time? Brandon Her FFB. All right. Follow Brandon Marianne Lee at Brandon Her FFB. And you can also hear her, uh, on the, uh, you can read her on the Athletic Fantasy Alarm and Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. But we want you to see Brandon's content on Sportsline. So go to sportsline.com slash join and use the promo code fantasy to get your first month for a dollar. We're going to finish today's show with your emails, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. And I haven't read that many emails, and I apologize for that. And I will say that we're going to try to get a mailbag show done to, uh, instead of a Monday show, it's, it's Labor Day. Uh, we have a, should we talk about the telethon, by the way? We should, right? Oh, yeah, we oh, should. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll tell you about the telethon on Labor Day. But, uh, I think I'm going to do a mailbag tomorrow with Heath and get that for you on Saturday, Saturday morning to get you prepared for any weekend drafts. So if you want to be part of the mailbag, just email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Uh, email, oh yeah, the telethon. Guys, talk to me about uh, Monday. What's going on on CBS Sports HQ? For seven hours, we are at your disposal to help you with your fantasy drafts. A lot of people draft over Labor Day weekend and on that Labor Day itself, as well as in the days leading up to the NFL season. And even if you've got a couple of week one questions, we will be there for you. And it's not going to be just us. It's all hands on deck, including some very special surprise guests. Highly recommend you check out part of your Labor Day with us on CBS Sports HQ, the Fantasy Football Today Telethon, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh-huh. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. We're all going to be a part of it. Emails. Jake from D.C. Hey, Hyde, Nick, and Duke. I know them. Um, Bee Gees? The Bee Gees? Yes, they are the Bee Gees. Which side do you prefer? Kareem Hunt and Jordan Howard or Todd Gurley? Hunt and Howard. Howard. Hunt and Howard unless it's a 10-team league. This is Morpheus from Sin City. Bold prediction, maybe. DeAndre Carter on the Eagles will be this year's Alvin Kamara. That's bold. Certainly bold. Take the blue pill. <laughs> uh, do we think there's a chance that this guy becomes fantasy relevant? DeAndre Carter? I don't think there's much of a chance that anyone is this year's Alvin Kamara. Adam has one. Yeah, Philip Lindsay. I don't think he's Kamara, but I think he's got a chance to be really good. Maybe Kamara. <laughs> or Kamara. Uh, Scott from Chicago. I need you got Mike- to look, look back for approval. I need, I didn't see it. I need some Mike Evans talk. He absolutely busted for my team last year, seemingly due to an inconsistent quarterback situation and the offense spreading the ball around to their plethora of effective targets. And I don't see anything different going into this season. Yet every expert around the league has Mike Evans locked in as a wide receiver one. Uh, am I crazy for wanting to put Evans behind guys like Hilton, Diggs, Thielen, Fitzgerald, or even Tyreek Hill? Nope. No. You're not crazy at all. If you have an inclination about someone, you want to avoid them, that's your team. So absolutely do it. I think I have him behind all of those guys in PPR. Well, what's nice about Evans is you know he's going to get the targets and you know that he will get lots of looks in the red zone. But that's and the question. You hang your do, hat on that. Do we know he's going to get the targets because he didn't get them down the yeah, stretch 135. last year? Right. It's, it's I hard, think it's down the stretch like last year, I'm saying. Did he miss a game? I think he's going to get 130 targets minimum. Um, the problem is 130 targets for him is not as good as 130 targets 
for the top nine wide receivers because they catch a lot higher percentage of their targets than he does. Uh, last five games, his targets were six, five, eight, eight, and thirteen. So, just saying, that doesn't mean it'll carry over. But sounds like the f- after the five game, he was like, "Hey, throw me more targets," and they were like, "Okay, <laughs> maybe." All right, what else we got? We got Scott from Philadelphia. I drafted Demarius Thomas in the sixth round of a ten-team PPR league. Listening to the podcast for the past couple days, it sounds like you have dropped Thomas in the Denver offense. Should I add Emmanuel Sanders and drop Demarius and drop Demarius Thomas? Uh, you're in a league where Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent. Apparently, no. Carry them both. Both, yeah. Yeah, we've dropped him, but sixth round of a ten-team PPR league is still good value. And Dave, is, did you move Sanders ahead of Thomas? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. And the other two did not. Uh, ben from a city in southern Wisconsin. Kenosha. Dear Skipper, Kowalski, Rico, and Private. We really suck at this. Is that Animal House? Oh, maybe. I don't remember. I hope you, uh, I don't know. Madagascar. It's Madagascar. It's <laughs> the exact opposite. Definitely of not Animal House. There's, there's a lot of similarities between those two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in hopes that my league mates are listening to this, can you please discuss your thought process when you offer a trade to another owner? Many of my league mates, quote, play scared when it comes to trades because they are afraid to ever help out another team. They won't accept a trade offer if it's going to help the other person's team at all. When I trade, I like to make trades that will help my team, and if it helps the other team in the process, I'm not worried about it. You have the correct take on that, Ben. Make your team better, period. But you don't want to make an offer that's dumb. Like, you're not going to try and and flip uh, Kirk Cousins for just racking my brain for a wide receiver. AJ Green. For AJ. Well, first of all, that's just dumb, dumb, dumb. But that's something You're Adam would do. do that. That's something Adam would do. That's an Azer trade. Don't that's even, not, like, don't not. even bother trying to do that with people because well, you're just going to set yourself up for having I, the reputation Adam, of a jerk face. I think Adam would disagree though because some of those trades go through. No, they never go through. I've seen okay, Adam okay, Dalton for AJ like Green is a little extreme. What you would need in that situation is for Dalton to get off to an unbelievably hot start while somehow AJ Green did not also, got off to a terrible start. But the point is, like, don't try and trade Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, any quarterback to a team that already has Aaron Rodgers. Like, obviously, if your depth is quarterback, you need to go hunt out the team that's got the worst quarterback situation and can actually use the guy. Here's the here's the thing that I like to do. Make a trade where if if you were in the shoes of the other owner, you would accept the deal. And if that's not how you feel, then don't make the trade offer. Don't be a jerk. You're only wasting people's time. Well, I mean... You are trying to win a league here, okay? This is not like, hey, everybody, let's be friends and make great I think, trades. I think what you what you can do, if you have a position of, of depth that you think somebody else can use, ask them, here's four players or three players, rank them mm-hmm. of how you want them, and here's what I want from your team. Can we work some up. Yeah, it's a good idea. All right. Uh, it is horrible to waste people's time. It is really terrible. Yeah. And now I'd like to recite Green Eggs and Ham. For okay, Andre Sanchez. I do not like Hey, Green shut up. Andre Sanchez is on the fence about Chris Thompson in a PPR league, and I'm wondering he's wondering if he should drop Chris Thompson for Peyton Barber. Yes. yes. Yep. Okay. How, did, how, how are these people free agents? Because well, maybe they drafted, drafted a while ago. They drafted a month ago. Uh, from yeah, Sean. Never in these leagues, probably because I play with everybody that's on this podcast. All right, this is email from Sean. Dear George, Thomas, Abraham, and Theodore. 
be Madag- those are Madagascar animal house penguin. Yes. Long time listener, love the show. I drafted Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen. Am I too dependent on the Chargers? Is this a problem? You're fine. You're dependent on the Chargers, but I don't think that's a bad duo to be dependent on. You know what it would be? I don't know how realistic this is. He would have to fall to you maybe in the third round, but I would be a little nervous about an A.J. Green-Joe Mixon combo. Because like, I have a lot of confidence in the Chargers offense. Not even close to as much confidence in the Bengals. Yeah, but again, the, the cost is much better. It is. It is. It's. I mean, like I, mean I think everybody would rather have the Chargers guys. There were only four games last year where both Gordon Allen and Allen had double digits in fantasy points together. Not in PPR. Not in PPR. What if you took Kareem Hunt in the first round and Travis Kelsey in the second round and Tyreek Hill in the third round? When do you take Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> when do you take the Chiefs DST? Never. And this is from David. I didn't draft the tight end, but there are a few interesting options available. Who would you pick up from Ebron, Eifert, Clay, Safarian Jenkins, Ben Watson? Ebron, Eifert, Clay, Safarian Jenkins, and Ben Watson, or anyone else off the radar? I'd go Ebron. I think Eifert just with the hope that he's healthy. You're streaming. You're going with Eifert. I was trying to think of a joke to make fun of Eifert's last name, and I came up empty. And if if Eifert... Is, uh, is good in week one, try to flip him for AJ Green in week two. That's probably what I would do. It would have been a dad joke. Yeah, well you're a dad, so you're entitled. Thank you so much for Brandon, are. Mary, and Lee. Oh yeah, I am. Cool. Uh, thank- nah, gotta go, bye. Thank you so much to Brandon, Mary, and Lee, to Jamie Eisenberg, to Heath Cummings, to Dave Richard. Thank you all so much for listening. We're back tomorrow with a complete ADP review to get you ready for your drafts. Na 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 na